Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Assistant Pastor Tim Rogers. Amen. Amen. So this morning, we're going to talk about mirror, mirror. Mirror, mirror. All right. So, has anybody played a pickup game before? Old school here. Any, any game, any game, football, basketball, soccer, whatever you play. You ever played a pickup game? Yeah, so we, we got the two teams getting ready to be built, right? Well, what normally happens first? We have two captains, right? All right, so now the captains have the responsibility to build a good team, right? Because they're trying to win this game, right? So it's important who that captain picks. So sometimes it may not always be about direct skill. Or it shouldn't be, right? If you're a good captain, you may not always want to just look at direct skill. Why? Because your team may need other things. Because everybody has a role to play, right? If you think about any team, any professional sport, everybody can't be the quarterback in football. Everybody can't be the point guard in a basketball game. Even though those positions might get the glamour, everybody can't fill those. It's important that your team is diverse, right? Because it wouldn't work out too well if you played a football game and all of your positions were quarterbacks, though. That would be a slaughter, all right? Same would probably be true in basketball, a little bit different, right? But if your whole team were point guards, eh, right? So, again, it's important about how this team is structured, right? So, what comes into play are those intangibles. How is your team made up and what skills do they have, all right? Well, the same thing is in play in God's team. Hmm. We are God's team, right? Because we're his body. So he has assembled us with gifts and talents, right, to be in the body. So that means we're a part of his overall team, right? So that means that each person has a place and a role to play, right? God's team is loaded with passionate people. God's team is loaded with anointed people. Mm -hmm. God's team is loaded with skilled people. Right? So we have that. But sometimes it doesn't always manifest on the field. Right? Right? It, It doesn't. The impact that the church should be having, we're not having it the way God would like us to have it sometimes. Right? That's just the truth, right? Right? So this, again, we're looking at this from a team perspective. How can we have an impact on our communities? How can we have an impact at our jobs? How can we have an impact at our schools? How can we have an impact in our government? As the body of Christ. It's not the lack of talent. That's what I'm getting at. God has assembled an awesome team. (laughs) 
It's not the lack of talent, but there may be some things that we are doing that may be a hindrance. As a totality, as the body, there may be things that are a hindrance for allowing God to do what he wants to do through us. All right. So we're going to look at the word of God this morning. Right. And we already know that the word of God is like a mirror. That as we look in it, we should see ourselves, right? So that's where that title came from, Mirror, Mirror. We're going to look at this word as the body of Christ and see, do we really look like his body? Do we really portray the body and the things that we should be operating in together? Amen? All right. So a lot of times when you have professional sports, almost every professional sport has a draft. A draft, right? Everybody familiar with the draft process, right? At least has some idea of what it is, right? All right, so I'm going to use the NFL for right now. That's what I like. <laughs> All right. So for the NFL, the guys go to college, they become draft eligible, right? So there's a certain criteria they have to meet, one of those which is age. Uh, the NFL does have an age requirement, right? A lot of times you'll hear it in reference to the amount of eligibility they have to play at that college level, right? So when you come in as a freshman, you automatically get four years to play, all right? No matter, basically, because basically what they're saying is, is that even if you're 23, if you're still hitting within your eligibility, they will allow you to play under certain guidelines for the university, right? Right, so we have the eligibility, right? So once you're eligible, then you have to tell the NFL that you want to be drafted, right? This is not an automatic process. You don't just go and say, well, yeah, I'm, I want to be drafted. No, you have to notify them that now that you've met the requirements, you want to be drafted, okay? And then after that, then a team picks you, real simply, right? So you get picked. Do we understand that God has a draft? Now, here's the great thing. God's draft don't work like the NFL's draft. Praise God, right? Because I'd be out. <laughs> all right, all right. So God's draft. So let's talk about God's draft a little bit. So God's draft is wide open. 2 Peter 3 and 9 says, he said, he wished that none of us would perish, but that all would come to repentance, Right? All. That, that's everybody. So that means it doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, where you're from, who your parents are, who your grandmother is, who your uncle is, or your cousin, what job you have, what financial class you fall in, none of that matters. All. All right. So what about uh, John? This is the one we see at the stadiums. John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, right? That's all to everybody, right? Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. There's no limit on that. 
It just says to those that believe. Right? So that means it's open to everybody. All right. So now we're going to compare God's draft to the NFL draft. All right. So in the NFL draft, <laughs> you have to make a decision that you want to be in the draft. In God's draft, the decision has already been made. Right? Because he wishes that we all be with him. So the decision, we don't have to make a decision to be a part of the draft. We already are. God says, I want all of you. So no decision is needed. That, that's good news. That's good news for a lot of us because we might have turned it down. All right? All right, so we got NFL draft. You got to tell them you want to be drafted. But for God's draft, you're already there. What about that eligibility? For the NFL draft, you have to be eligible. For God's draft, the eligibility has already been paid. Jesus paid the eligibility for you. No eligibility needed. Just say, God, I want to be with you. Done. All right? In the NFL draft, you don't have any control on what team you go to. You don't get to pick no teams. Now, you can push a little hard. You know, I, I've seen it happen, you know, because I keep up with it a little bit, right? You have some of those players that say, I'm not going to play for a certain team. Yeah, they have a little bit of leverage, but it's not as much as you think. They don't get any option. Whatever team they get drafted to, that's who they got to play for if they want the check. Amen? Then from there, the team deems whether or not they want to keep them. Not the player. All right? But with God's draft, you already know you want to win a team. That's got to be good to know, saints. I mean, you could go anywhere, but God already says the, the end is already guaranteed for us. We automatically win because of him. It's already done. There's no flip-flopping. Doesn't matter how we play. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter what management says. Doesn't matter what your life says you should be at. None of that matters. You win. As long as you're on Team Jesus. That's an awesome blessing. I don't think there's anything else in your life that you can completely guarantee outside of that. Even when you want things to go your way and you do everything right, it can still go wrong. Right? I mean, how many of us have been in that before? You did the right thing. God, I did this. I did. I, I followed you. I listened. What, what happened? All right. So we have all experienced that. So just because you do the right thing doesn't guarantee the right outcome. That doesn't always happen. Now, prayfully, it happens more that it works out your way than it doesn't. But that doesn't guarantee that it will. The only thing that we can guarantee is what God says. Right? What God says. All right. 
So now we've got our draft out of the way. We got our team. We're ready to go, right? We're getting ready to go out there for God. All right. So now let's 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 talk about those hindrances a little bit, right? So now we're gonna go back to First uh, Corinthians. We're gonna talk about that a little bit, okay? We're gonna talk about what happens. What are the hindrances that it causes God's body to not be as effective as it should be? That's what we're gonna be talking about. What causes God's body not to be as effective as it could be? Amen? All right. So we're going to focus on, let's go to, we're going to break down the scripture in 1 Corinthians a little bit. Is that all right? All right. So the first part of this, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to read uh, verses uh, 20 and 21. 20 and 21. All right. So, but now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body, and that the eye cannot say to the hand, I, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Amen. So the first hindrance to us being effective as the body of Christ is lack of unity. Lack of unity, right? So a lot of the things, God continually says that we should care for one another. We should pray for one another. We should be there for one another. We should love one another. We should give to one another. We should support one another. We should exhort each other. Right? What are those? Those are all things that are making us be connected to each other so that we're not foreign. We should know our brother and our sister in Christ. It's important that we do. Right. Even Jesus said a house divided amongst itself cannot stand. Right. So Jesus said that. So that implores how important this is. This unity is right. Unity. Are we unified in the way we see things for God? Are we unified in thinking the way he thinks? Are we unified in taking directions from him? All right. Right, Psalms 133 says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In unity. All right? It is like a precious oil upon the head, running down on a beard, the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of his garments. So now God gives us an analogy here. This anointing, or this unity is equivalent to anointing. The anointing oil. So when we're not unified the way we should be, saints, we can be ineffective in our anointing sometimes. It causes problems for the anointing to flow. Because God has already given us an example in Psalms that it runs from the head down. Right? So over here, this is what I want you to think about. A blood clot. Everybody understand what a blood clot is, right? Right? It's platelets and stuff in your blood that kind of block up a little artery or vessel, right? So if blood is trying to fly, go through there, what happens when it hits that clot? It stops or it just slows down. Because sometimes it doesn't stop completely. It's only blocked just a little bit. All right, so now if we think about that with the anointing of God, what happens if there's a little bit of a blood clot in the body? And he's trying to get us something that we need to be effective for him. It slows down that anointing reaching us, right? But not only does it do that, though, 
A blood clot is lack. It can cause things around it to have to work harder. So if the blood clot is in your leg, your foot might have to work a little harder to get the blood it needs. So not only is it about anointing, what happens if we needed to be helping somebody out? Now they have to work harder to get it because it's got to get past us. The unity. We have to stay unified in love, saints. Unified in love, which means we have to see ourselves as the body. We have to be cognizant of the fact of that God, we are God's body. That it's truly important that we just can't just be soaking up everything. Sometimes it's not for us. It might be for the person downstream from us. Right? Because God just might put you somewhere. You might run into somebody that needs something. Because that blood clot could be just as simple as God says, pray for that person and you didn't do it. Just simple stuff. Right? We're all guilty of that, though. So, again, I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to me, too. But God wants us to understand how important it is that we're unified. We're unified on every level. Amen? Does that make sense? So one thing that can cause us to be ineffective as a body of Christ is lack of unity. Lack of unity. We have to be unified in him. And that starts by us being obedient to what he tells us. Wherever we're at. Amen? All right, so let's move on to hindrance number two. Hindrance number two. All right, so we're going to read uh, verses 18 and 19 this time, 18 and 19. We're going to turn back, all right, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 and 19. All right. But now God has set members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they are all one member, where would the body be? Where would the body be? All right, so the second hindrance is, is that not understanding that your role has significance. And this one hit home for me, guys. Because there's so many areas in our lives that we sometimes don't feel like we fit in, we're not important, nobody sees us, and that is not the case. We have to understand that there is no lack of significance on our lives. Not anywhere. But if we don't understand that, then it becomes a stumbling block for us. Why? Because we see it as, well, maybe we're not in that position that we want to be in. God, I don't want to have to just clean the church. Why can't I preach? Or I don't want to just be the one that be the usher and the greeter. I want to be the one that sings. All right? Amen. They can preach too. <laughs> Amen? All right? So I'm not saying this as a bad thing, saints. It's places in God that we want to grow to. That's not the problem. The problem is, is that when we put too much weight on the fact though, that maybe it hasn't manifested yet, there's the problem. 
that we are in a rush, 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 go God. But not understanding where you are is exactly where he needs you to be. And that particular place has just as much significance as you singing or preaching. Why? Because God just said that if we were all the same, then we wouldn't have a body. So in the first scenario, when we have a lack of unity, we're ineffective. In this one, we're deficient in areas. We can be deficient. Because if we need something for the body and we don't have anybody to fill that role, then what happens? The whole body misses out on it. Because we have to think of this from a whole perspective. A whole perspective. We can be deficient in areas. After you become deficient in the area long enough, what, what starts to happen? That dies, right? So we shouldn't have dead areas in the body of Christ. We shouldn't have dead areas in the body of Christ, right? All we're doing is looking at the word. The word is telling us. This is not anything that I just, God is saying that we have to make sure that we understand where our roles are. And over time, those roles will probably change as we grow in God, right? Because what will happen is, is that we have to understand that it's in him we live, move, and have our being, right? Acts 17. So our significance needs to come from him, not necessarily the role. What happens is sometimes we put too much on the role. The role is what makes me be important. No. God is what makes us be important. What he says about us was what makes us be important. Would he say that you are more than a conqueror if you're not significant? Would he say that you're a royal priesthood if you weren't significant? Would he say that you're above only and not beneath if you didn't have any significance? Would he call you a friend if you weren't significant? We have to get that from him. And we get more of that as we have an intimate relationship with Jesus. We have to have that. It's vital. Because if we don't, we start to wander and saying, God, well, how important am I really? We're so important to him that he died for us. That's a whole lot of significance. To come out of glory, to die just for us. So we not put too many things, so much significance on where we are. That's going to change. Because the reverse of that is, is that what happens if God changes it? If we put so much tact into where we are and what we're doing, what happens if he said, well, now I want you to move? <laughs> now we end up fighting the other way. Now we're trying to hold on to something. God says, no, I need you to let that go. I got better things for you. I have a better end for you. I have a better blessing for you. 
I have a better job for you. I have a greater anointing for you. I have a bigger ministry for you. But we get, oh God, but this position, this, this area, this place, whatever it happens to be. Because it doesn't necessarily have to be anything even in a church. It's wherever we feel like we're drawing something that says that we're important. And the world is good at drawing our attention. On a lot of areas. Most of the goods and stuff that we buy are based on the fact though, that we want to be significant. Yeah, that's what they're trying to. They want to make you feel good. Well, what is that? Again, I'm not necessarily saying that's bad. I hear my heart here. I'm just saying that when we see things, they're trying to get us an attachment to them emotionally to say, I'm important. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to purchase that. That's going to make me look good. When in reality, how much do they really care? How much do they really care? The only one that we know for sure cares about us is God. He loves us with an everlasting love. He said that he would not withhold one good thing from us. <laughs> not one good thing. This is what God is saying to us. But sometimes we have difficulty turning to him. So one thing that can make us be ineffective as the body of Christ is not understanding that our role has significance. I can't express to you how important we are to God. I'm trying, but I can't do it. But we have to know it. We have to wake up every day understanding that God loves us so much and that we're so important to him. And the great thing about God is he's so big, we all can have it. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much anybody else has. He still has more than enough because he's infinite. So you can divide infinity up. It doesn't matter. Every time you divide infinity, all you get is infinity. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how many of us it is. We can get all of him. Amen? All right. All right. All right. Y'all should sound a little bit happy out there. I mean, you know. This is not a bad thing. But we can't make the changes we need if we don't know. That's all this is. This should be exciting. Because God is just taking the veil off. We know what we need to do. Amen? All right. So hindrance number three. Hindrance number three. Um, we're going to read from uh, 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read verse uh, 26. Um, if, and if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. 
or if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Amen. Amen. So the last one, hindrance that keeps us being keeps us from being as effective as the body of Christ is that there is no room for jealousy. There is no room for jealousy. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed from the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So God is saying that we need to govern our mouths. Right? But if we're honest, when jealousy sneaks in there sometimes, our mouths begin to run. Now, here's the thing, saints. It doesn't matter who hears you. That's right. God hears you. We have an excellent example of that in the Old Testament where the children of Israel were complaining. Uh, we don't like this, God. We want to go back, God. We want the leeks and onions, God. And he heard them. The Bible explicitly says he heard them. Not even Moses. He did. So these are getting behind those closed doors sometimes when we're saying some stuff. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't even necessarily have to be against someone else. It could be to you. What are you saying to yourself? All right. So but there's no room for jealousy. All right. So this looks like when we sometimes have the opportunity to see people flourish. And uh, then, you know, the words start coming up. God, why is that them? Why is it not me? I did the same thing. All right, maybe I'm just talking about me. I've said that before, okay? All right? God, why did they get that? I've been working for seven years trying to get that to work. One year, they got it. All right? What, what is that opening the door to? We're, 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 we're stepping on that threshold of jealousy, right? So here's the interesting thing about jealousy. It breeds a lot of other things because it starts us to doing things that we shouldn't be doing. It starts us to start talking about potentially other saints. It sometimes opens the door for us to maybe criticize leaders. It sometimes opens the door for us to give a cold shoulder sometime on the sly. Right? We, uh, I don't want that person. Oh, here they come. Uh, right? Uh, am I talking to the right people? Okay. All right. All right. So we've seen it happen. All right? So one of the things that I believe God showed me with this, though, is, is that I want you to think about it in a little bit different manner. So since we're talking about the body, and I've given some examples of how medically even our bodies work and things, so we're going to use another one right now. Okay? So I want you to think about an autoimmune disease. So an autoimmune disease means that when your body the immune system in particular, starts to fight against good cells, right? 
So the good cells are actually doing what they're supposed to be, but your immune system says, I don't like them. I'm going to take them out. That, that's what jealousy looks like in the body. Because that person is anointed, or that person did get promoted, or that person did, but they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now, here's the issue. We're in the same body. So then when we turn around and then start talking, what are we doing? We're attacking another good cell that's in the body. So we're taking out somebody that really should be helping us when we allow jealousy to come in. It's an autoimmune disease in the body of Christ. We're too busy kneeling inside the body that we can't be effective out there. Too much kneeling. Right? Too much jarring and talking. Too much of belittling instead of encouraging. Saints, we got we to gotta get it right. But if we take all of these together, we can knock out all of it. We can knock out all of it. Because if we understand that we're significant, it doesn't matter what that other person is doing. It doesn't matter what their anointing is. It doesn't matter what they get. But if that lack of significance isn't there, then it rolls into this one because then now we become jealous. And it all stems from the fact, though, that we don't understand how important we are. Amen? So there is no room for jealousy in the body of Christ, saints. I mean, this, this one is a, we got to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. If there's somebody in need, we need to be there. In whatever capacity we can do. Amen? So the three hindrances for us being effective as the body of Christ, first one is a lack of unity. Second one is not understanding that our role is significant. And the third one is, is that there is no room for jealousy. We can't have jealousy. All right? Amen. We got to love each other. We got to love each other. And we got to love each other hard, saints. There is no way to get around this. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.